Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to Secret Artists Podcast. My name's Annie McGrath. What's yours? Don't answer that, you can't. We've got a lovely episode for you this week with a comedian, writer and portrait artist who I have long admired. It's the brilliant Tom Neenan. Tom is one of the nicest men in comedy, which isn't hard, but is true. He has an excellent podcast of his own, Tom Neenan is Not All Men, which is available to listen to on BBC Sounds and I highly recommend it. It's very, very funny. Our muse this week is, of course, the Jane Lynch meme from Glee. So if you want to see mine and Tom's interpretations of that, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Secret Art Pod. But for now, enjoy the episode. Tom Neenan is a fantastic actor, writer and comedian who is the lead writer on BBC Two's hit satirical show, The Mash Report, for which he was nominated for a BAFTA. He was also the lead writer on Quibi's topical comedy show, Hello America. Tom also writes and stars in BBC Radio 4's series, The Hauntening, for which he was nominated for a Writers Guild Award. Tom has his own BBC Sounds podcast, Tom Neenan is Not All Men, which was described by The Guardian as Alan Partridge-style brilliant. Tom is also an incredible artist, so I'm very excited to have him on the podcast. Hello, oh my Tom. goodness. Hello. That was such a lovely <laughs> intro. That was comprehensive and makes me sound a lot, uh, yeah, a lot more um, accomplished than I am in all of those fields. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, you are very accomplished. God um, bless you. I'm, yeah, I'm always so impressed by your, your portraits. You do sort of watercolours. Oh, thank you. Is that right? Yeah. So they're kind of, um, oh, they're, what are they? They're like inky watercolour things. And um, mm. they sort of, I guess they're more, illus- I'd say they're sort of more illustration style than anything else. Yeah. But um, but no, yeah, uh, we just sort of, it, it's a, just a nice way of breaking up the lockdown, right? And just sort of using a different bit of your brain to, yeah, sort of, uh, I don't know, access just some different feelings other than just feeling doom and despair and uh, and sort of panic, <laughs> I guess. So, uh, so no, I, I kind of, you know, it has been, has been really lovely. And you, you, you're a keen artist as well, right? This is sort of why this, why this exists. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love painting. It's a nice break from, as we were discussing, staring at a screen all day. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And whilst there's no, co- <laughs> no comedy happening, it's a good time yeah. to, you know, have a different creative outlet. 100%. And it kind of keeps people, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't think there's much um connection necessarily between someone's ability to um draw and and um you know sort of draw nice things and also be funny but I think you can actually you can tell you can tell when like a painting is witty and you can tell when like 
someone's got a, a, a sense of humour in the way that they draw and stuff. And I think that yeah. that is, it's a good way of selling yourself, weirdly. People just go, oh, I know that person. They've made me laugh, even if the, you know, they haven't necessarily made you laugh with something they've said, but maybe it's something they've drawn or like a weird yeah. cartoon or something. That's true. And have you yeah. started drawing already? Uh, no, I'm just warming up. Sorry, I'm just warming doing a bit up. of like... No, no, I'm into it. I just suddenly yeah. felt very behind. But can, you, um, <laughs> can you describe uh, our muse for today, for the listener, what, what you've chosen? Of course. And what a great, uh, what a great description. Yes, so... Um, I've sort of recently been trying to do stuff which is, you know, a bit of pop culture and and mm-hmm. things, sort of uh, images and icons, I guess, that sort of we see every day and try and sort of do something a bit different with them. And so what I chose today is the Jane Lynch meme. <laughs> Jane Lynch as the, I don't know the character's name, um, the sort of sports teacher in Glee. Yeah. What is it? She She's saying that the actual line is, I'm going to create an environment which is so toxic which I'm guessing is, you know, a Machiavellian plan. And so I think the first iteration of this was by, because I like, I, like, I like going into the, um, you know, the origins of these things, the etymology. And yeah. I think it was Jabuki is the, is the first person to kind of do this, who's sort of very prolific on Twitter. And mm-hmm. he did one. And then people sort of picked up this meme and now they sort of, they get her to say, basically they sort of, by deleting sections of it, they can basically get her to say whatever they want. Um, and people are having a lot of fun with it. Well, you became a me- you went viral, right? You had like a tweet that went. Yeah, I did um, the tweet about spinach. Yeah, <laughs> that has, you know, formed most of my career. Um, yeah, right. I said this is forty five bags of spinach, and then it was a photo of not very much spinach. Yeah, <laughs> well, when you say it like that, it's embarrassing like it's... explaining a tweet, isn't it? But kind of, yeah, it's funny, and it was it really made me laugh. And like, so oh, did that. Right. I'm guessing, like anything that goes viral, I'm guessing you've had it stolen a few times, have you? Yeah, had it stolen a few times. Had um, Weirdly had quite a few sort of American personal trainers copy the meme and then crop my name out of it and stick their logos on it. That's so Um, annoying. So annoying, but I guess you can't be too precious about it. (laughs) Yeah, once you've sort of succumbed, you've submitted something to the internet, it can kind of lose its, um, you lose authorship a bit, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but this is a great meme. Have you decided <laughs> what you're going to change the caption? Are you going to change the caption? Have you decided on what your joke will be? Or are you focusing on the portrait? Well, okay, I'll run this by you. Is this too, um, is this too pretentious or is this too sort of <laughs> po-faced in its, um, uh, in its thing? I was just going to have her saying, I am going to create because it's like art. <gasps> I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, I was going to, I have got two drafts. One is... Yeah. I'm going to create a podcast that is so intoxicating. Yeah, that's and then, lovely. And my other option is um, crossing out some choice letters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat an ox. <laughs> so, a couple like of options there. Yeah, that's, um, you know, you could almost have her as like a, um, a, a sort of Neolithic person or something, if, if that's going to be her yeah, plan. Yeah, that's true. Be quite nice. And um, what materials are you working with? Are you with watercolors today, or are you drawing? Uh, so, I am starting off with this, which is a uh, a retractable pencil, which gives a very mm-hmm. light line. So Ooh, that nice. what I'll then do is using a, a sort of fine brush uh, mm. and some ink, some Black Star Doctor P H Martin's ink. There it is. Mm. I will do like a black outline and then I, you know, if we have time, I, we sort of, how long do these usually last? Sort of five hours or what's the... <laughs> yeah, about three days. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, normally we do it in about an hour. So 
Great. Well, I'll, I'll see how far I get, and then I'll finish. I, if if this isn't breaking the rules of the podcast horribly, I will finish it, and yeah. then there'll be like a finished version that I can um, I present. It. Lovely. I remember you're quite an efficient worker, though. I seem to remember when you did the Greta Thunberg portrait for the exhibition mm-hmm. I did last year. It took you about an evening, didn't it? <laughs> I feel like you smashed them out really quickly. I try to. I think oh, it's bad though, because I think part of it is just I, I lose interest like I have real like passion for something and I'll be like oh I can't wait to draw this and then you'll sort of if if it's not done in a day I'll be like oh well did I care that much which is a terrible um I suppose it's why I like you know we we, we both um as part of our jobs are writers and so much of writing is like you can't do it in a day you sort of have to like spend a day doing nothing in order to spend another day actually writing um and, and even then like finishing something can take um months or weeks mm-hmm. or months so like I think that's what appeals to me about a bit of drawing is like you get to if it isn't done in an e- in an evening you can almost go right moving on and no yeah, one minds you know it's definitely. not uh, so that and can also because be of nice. the nature of the people you choose to portray they're often sort of people who are in the news that week or whatever um, yes yeah I wondered if your writing on like satirical panel shows and things influences your choice of um or maybe you know people to draw um, and paint I suppose part of it as well is like just trying to get a trying to draw someone and have a view on them who hasn't quite been done yet. You know, hasn't hasn't we're not sick of seeing images of them. Because obviously, yeah. I, I I'll often go on things like oh, I say this does it exist? Uh, have you ever been on the website Deviant Art? No, I haven't. Ah, well that that from uh, I seem to remember when I was sort of a bit younger. Anyway, it might all be defunct now or become a right wing uh, cesspool. I'm never sure about these things. Um, <laughs> but. Um, I, from my memory of, of like things like that, there's a lot of fan art, which I really like, you know, I find mm-hmm. that really interesting. But then, you know, there's only so many pictures of, you know, Iron Man or, um, oh, there we go. Hello. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so a lot, I, I suppose typical is kind of, yeah, there's a lot of fantasy stuff, a lot of sci-fi stuff. Um, a lot of those images of like half naked wolves that are really ripped. Yeah. And you love um, those. Famously. I love them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the furry life. Yeah. People know that about me. See a lot. I'm guessing a lot of it now is digital art as well. Um, yeah. More and more people. What what materials are you using, by the way? Um, I've just started with a classic HB pencil. Perfect. Can't go wrong. I'm, I'm trying to get the shape of her face and the sort of outline down. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's got quite, great. It's quite difficult. I mean, it's good in that she's got like very high cheekbones and quite a structured jawline, but her features yes. are quite narrow, aren't they? They are. She's very, yeah, it's, I'm doing a very long face, I think, at the minute, but that's looking very good. It's what I, what I quite like as well is if you can, which I think you're doing with your image very well, is sort of ca- really capture, you know, the, the, the sort of spirit of someone. I watch a lot yeah. of um, uh, Portrait Artist of the Year. That's one of my oh, favourite yeah. shows. Oh, yeah, I love that, yeah. So it's, uh, it's great. And you can just sort of, you can just tell when someone's got the, uh, the essence of someone in a way. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's very nice. So, yeah, so... Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I was saying that, like, it's nice to to draw images of, like, things, I guess, that haven't, we're not exhausted of seeing yet. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I kind of, what I, one, one thing I'd be wanting to do for a while, maybe this will happen, maybe it won't, maybe I'll just sort of put it out into the world and force myself to do it, is yeah. a comic book about the Ikea monkey <laughs> um, that wore the big, uh, the big coat. Yeah. Um, just because it's like, I quite, you know, you see sort of things where you, you decontextualise something and then, and then, it turns up somewhere else. And so I find that kind of stuff really fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. I wanted it. to chat with a producer, a, very, a great producer who had this 
This is <laughs> oh my god, someone's done. Wait, the someone's oven. painted it. Someone's that's done like beautiful. an oil painting of that. <laughs> I love that one. Wow. The... Oh my god. Okay, so this is. Okay, we're now looking at a sort of plasticine statue of it. Yeah. There's some sort of meme. How do I get out of IKEA? Nice. See, that's what I love. I love this <laughs> wearing <Mary> crown. <laughs> Like people find stuff and then it just goes spirals off in these. Um, uh, <laughs> there he is as Bane. And do you find um, drawing a similar process to writing? Oh, are they? Are they both? Is one of them therapeutic or are they both functional? Are they both work for you or is one more of a sort of outlet than the other? I well, I suppose. It, I mean, literally, I suppose I do. I you know the the work is the writing, but yeah. I, I I try and sort of I. I guess, if, if once again, not wanting to sound too pretentious, but sort of um, look at it as slightly holistically in terms of like the lessons that I learned from drawing and mm-hmm. the lessons I learned from writing are often quite similar. Um, yeah. It's about like, you know, the way that we've both started is like, well, we know what the subject is of what we want to do. And that's often what you're writing is like, OK, what's the subject? Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, how do you how do you eke out the details that make it entertaining and you yeah. know fun to look at? I've yeah. been watching a lot of those um sort of uh, Netflix Christmas movies mm-hmm. um, and what's amazing about them because they're all mostly terrible there's some good ones <laughs> um, is that um, they're so light on detail on right. like you know it would just be like an architect working at a an architect's practice who moves to a small town or whatever and it's like they yeah. all seem so generic and I suppose what you're when you're sort of doing art and stuff like that you are trying to take something and sort of by enrich it with all the details you can add to it and things that you can mm-hmm. spot. Um, and that, I suppose that's sort of similar with, yeah, with writing in a way. Yeah. I love your podcast, by the way. Really oh, thank you. That. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Do people ever think your persona on that is real or is any part of it real? Or, uh... <laughs> I think, I mean, obviously online people who sort of don't, haven't sort of engaged with it. Um, yeah. Easily make that mistake. Um, mm. I think, like, I suppose what it is a bit is all the unchecked bits of what you know of me in terms of like, you know, the 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 incurious parts that don't quite in, you know engage. And I think you see a lot, a lot yeah. of that. It's sort of the character I play is someone who sort of wants to get all the um, the uh, the praise and everything for yeah. being um, for being very switched on, but sort of is quite lazy and doesn't want to do any of the reading. Or yeah. sort of basically wants to keep his own um, his own prejudices and everything else, but also gets praised for sort of you know being open minded, yeah. and you see that a lot. I think I think you see a lot of people who, uh, in in this instance, it's very much characterised by being sort of a, a male feminist. But you see it with everything. You see it with uh, you know especially with sort of um, racial issues and stuff like that, where people want you know they want to go. I'm I'm so you know i'm so switched on there's a particular word i'm avoiding using by the way you may um which is the word woke because that is okay. a, sort of a word i think that has kind of lost it's been so stripped of its original meaning and its original intent that yeah. it sort of becomes quite a weird word to use if that makes yeah. sense so yeah but you know i that thought you were going to say virtue signaling actually which i think your uh... character does quite a lot of sort of making yes. sure the other people know that he's like yeah. he knows what's right exactly i guess woke is probably the other word you'd use but yeah, yeah it's very yeah, it's, well it's, done because it is very subtle but yeah, oh cheers it's great it's really funny it's weird that people use the word virtue signaling there it is there i am oh oh, oh sorry the, is this the itunes chart 
So your podcast is number 49 and mine is number 50. Oh! Um, so, yeah, so, like, uh, it is. And the people like a lot of stuff, like the term fake news originally was meant to be about right-wing kind of uh, misinformation being spread and got used. Mm. Virtue signalling is a thing. Like, and it is a thing that usually is done by the people who use that phrase the most. It's by people who sort of yeah. use fake Christian or, um, you know, to, to back up basically their own prejudices. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough one to, it's a tough one needle to thread that because obviously there are also people who are like, ah, he's making fun of feminism. And it's like, no, I'm not making fun of feminism. That is, you know, that it's, it's making fun of a particular type of person who wants to get, you know, the credit for feminism, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. you know um, and does any part of you ever feel like it's not worth doing something that is about this subject matter because of the idiots that are on Twitter and the backlash <laughs> that um, you so come far up it against? hasn't been too bad and like because I do a lot of work with Nish Kumar who if he didn't if who? he sort of took his uh, I know exactly <laughs> well, so he's this obscure comedian um, and he's trying <laughs> god bless him um, and uh, and you know if he didn't if he didn't say things because of idiots on Twitter he would pretty much never say anything. So he That's you true. know sort of take my inspiration from from him to, in terms of going oh no you've got to do what you do and then just you know mute yeah. idiots. Um, like you know even even something as um, innocuous as a joke about spinach, given mm-hmm. if anything goes viral enough, you eventually get people going like no that isn't that isn't that many bags of spinach you're lying or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. You, did that happen? Yeah, yeah it did happen. And um, <laughs> then people being like, I don't get this. Can you explain the joke? And then, but uh, luckily there was enough other people who had seen it that people would then start explaining it to the other person. You. It just became yeah. very clear. A lot of people <laughs> haven't eaten spinach before. so yeah. <laughs> They don't know that when you put it in the pan, it all disappears. Yeah, it is funny. The lack of irony. Yeah. I'm always yeah, surprised. But then I'm always surprised as well how funny people are on Twitter. Like, I think it goes both ways, like with this sort of meme, how um, yeah. everyone's a comedian. <laughs> exactly. I know what you mean. It's been, this has been one where almost every single one of them has made me laugh, um, yeah. which is so rare. Um, but no, yeah, I know what you mean. I think people, on t- people always say, oh, people on Twitter are the worst. And actually, they um, lockdown and stuff like that. People have got so creative. I've been yeah. watching a lot of um, though Kieran Hodgson recently did a, a sort of parody of The Crown that I thought was amazing. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he's great, isn't he? He's brilliant. He was doing a lot of them for Doctor Who, which I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so I was enjoying them. But we're getting yeah. sort of, you know, 50 retweets from diehard Doctor Who fans who understood all the references. And then yeah. he does one which is about the crown, which everyone's watching. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. everyone sort of gets on board, which is really lovely to see. Yeah. And uh, my favourite one of this meme was um, someone wrote me playing Monopoly and then it just said, I am an iron. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed that it's the simple ones sometimes it really (laughs) when did you first get into drawing is it something you've always been into or i think so yeah i think uh you know that the the two things as a as a kid and then you just sort of continue with it a a bit yeah i just find it very like you say very therapeutic and and really Mm. um yeah it's just sort of very relaxing what about yourself? Yeah, yeah similarly, I've always done it like from, mm. from as long as I can remember. And then I did go to art college for a year before I went to yeah. Leeds and then uh-huh. had a bit of a break from it. have come back to it in the last few years, which has been really good, really nice. Well, like, and... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because obviously when you're getting into, we, we, it's worth mentioning that that was where we first met, it was in Leeds, wasn't it? When um, Yeah. When or maybe Edinburgh. Durham. Yes, yeah. So um, 
that was like when you're trying when you're doing comedy obviously pr- chances are you might also have a, a day job or something and mm-hmm. so hom- you know comedy is the thing you do when you're not working to a certain degree and then yeah. it becomes your job and then you mm-hmm. desperately want to find something else to do while you know <laughs> while all the of... joy's been taken out of uh... exactly <laughs> So yeah. then you're like, oh, well, I enjoy this thing I used to enjoy doing. Um, yeah. I could, you know, pick that back up. That's true. And have you always focused on portraits or have, have you ever done anything else with um, art? You... I kind of, yeah, I do. I tend to do mainly sort of portrait stuff. I love to get better at, um, I'm very jealous, like I say, of like comic books and things. One thing I'd love to get good at is sort of very um, impress. you know, the architectural kind of drawings when you see in in comic books when like they just draw really tall buildings or like really Uh, stunning looking architecture and stuff like that I'm always like oh that's that looks so stunning and um but uh I guess that's you know it's it's slightly a different different skill set um yeah I've moved on now I'm doing I'm I'm now inking in lovely Um, yeah you've got such a unique style have you um just is that the way you've always painted or have you taught yourself to do this sort of I don't know how I'd describe it. It's quite delicate, but it's also quite caricature-y. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, uh, the, the trouble is there's one artist who I, I'm sort of, I adore, who is um, Chris Riddell, who's an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I'm still kind of, you know, I still very much, which is uh, in his shadow stylistically, I think. Um, okay. So he's someone I'd like to, you know, I think he's brilliant. But every time I draw, I see, obviously, his influence everywhere. Um, and I'd eventually like to kind of, I don't know, move, move out of that a bit. Um, yeah. but uh, I suppose if, you know, so, so while it, thank you very much, it's nice to sort of have a style. I feel like I, I, I see his style in there more than I, I sort of see an individual style of my own. Hence yeah. I kind of have never gone, Oh, well, I'll, I'll sort of branch out and maybe try and make some money from drawing and stuff because I sort of think, well, I know that there's an, an illustrator out there who's sort of like me but 50 times better and you just get them to do it so that's kind of the um <laughs> but if everyone thought like that there would be no art <laughs> well that is true that is very true um and maybe actually you know that i there are bits of my style and that are creeping in that i don't notice um yeah. but you know when you uh, it's similar with comedy right like you you start off and there are like um you know five or six people maybe that you sort of either grew up watching or watched a bit later and you're like oh my goodness they are mm-hmm. everything i want to do and then yeah. you, um, and then hope you know as as you develop, you're like you find your own style and the things that you like doing. Definitely. Um, Did you say you it's know, called Chris Riddell that that illustrator? Yes, R I D D E L L. He does a lot of like children's book illustrations. I think he was the children's laureate for. So you see, he's got that kind of caricature-y style. Yeah, yeah, they're really nice. Does he use watercolor and? ink as well or yes yeah he's i mean he's very prolific so he will do you know you see him he'll like do a live video where he'll just have like a biro or something and he'll mm. just because he's so skilled he can just turn that into um uh you know into something beautiful but um well that's cool can you see wait it looks like he's part of the drawing yeah isn't that's that lovely like isn't it that's so that is a creature i can't remember what the book is from now but yeah that's like a, a sort of bear-like creature and it's he does, you know, that's the great thing is it's incredibly detailed, but that drawing must be about eight foot tall. Um, yeah. That's really Amazing. awesome. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any art in your house? I, I do like cartoons. We've got, we recently bought um, a, an original Inspector Gadget frame from like a, a comic strip from that, which Amazing. I really like. 
Um, and obviously, because I find comic, there we go, there he is. Um, I find I do like a bit of original art, but obviously it's incredibly <laughs> expensive. Whereas, you know, the more disposable, supposedly, yeah. the, the medium, the, the cheaper it becomes. So you can get like an original cell from one of the, mm-hmm. you know, one of these things for maybe like £80, which is expensive, but, um, you know, is yeah. obviously cheaper than a painting. Um, what about yourself? I do have a couple of small paintings that were done. Actually, one was given to me by a charity called Kersler Arts, who yeah. they run an award scheme um, of art in prisons. So oh, wow! In prison, then you can apply to be part of this award scheme and they do an exhibition each year at the South Bank Centre. Yeah. Um, but I've got a little postcard done by someone in prison that's sort of like a a landscape with a nice sunset. That's incredible. Um, yeah, and then I've got a couple of prints that I've bought from yes. friends and stuff. But Lovely. Not an extensive collection <laughs> as yet. My um, <laughs> comedy career is not going well enough for that. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, who has, you know, the money for... Yeah, original artwork is just so expensive, isn't it? So, yeah, that, yeah like, I, I stick very much to um, sort of cartoony stuff because people... Yeah. I love it and it's, you know, I, I really enjoy it, but it does it does go for a bit cheaper. Yeah. Um, that's such a great it, idea, like art in prison. It, it's, you know, it's one of the, there's nothing really, if you've got the materials, it's it's something that I guess you can do and sort of properly develop a, a style and everything else, um, yeah, even definitely. though you're sort of incarcerated. That's awesome. And I think because the, they're often very limited with materials, you do yeah. get quite exciting stuff. Like um, there was a piece made from coffee that I saw last year and what? everyone just gets like so creative because obviously they don't have access to loads of different materials so yeah, it does yeah, force yeah. you to be more oh, adventurous wow. I guess um, um that's awesome and also like anything that gets people to you know express themselves and it's it's you know it can act as a bit of therapy as well it's sort of therapy definitely. by um by by stealth yeah um, which definitely. I really like and if money wasn't an object is there an artwork you would have in your house if you could have anything in the world um i don't know some of my favorite art is stuff that i wouldn't art art you have in your home i guess and art that you sort of love that they can be a bit different that's true yeah like i i love goya um his sort of drawings and paintings but like i think it would be a bit too uh having like satin devouring his son in your front room might be might be a bit too much so um (laughs) This is probably very un-PC, so apologize, <laughs> I apologise in advance. Um, but I quite We'll just like... say it's a character. Exactly. I'll, I'll, that's what I always do. I just shroud it in irony and I'll get away yeah. with it. Um, <laughs> is um, I quite like taxidermy. I quite like taxidermy. Yeah, like antique taxidermy. So, like, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want anything to be killed for me. Like, go, go out and kill a, a, a rhino or something so I can have it at my mm. wall. But, like, you know, I, I will occasionally go around sort of fairs and things and see a bit of taxidermy. I'm lucky enough to have a little um, a bell jar with some, some birds in it. And, you know, I, yeah. I can sort of hopefully, I'm, I'm not sure what the, 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 where they came from, but I hope it wasn't anything too, too sinister. But Do yeah. Do you I, follow that account, Crap Taxidermy, on Twitter? Uh, oh, no. It's is that, really good. Is it self-explanatory? It, I mean, it's, yeah, it's exactly what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Can you see that that bear in the garden? <laughs> Quite horrific. Yeah. Oh, these poor things. Well, one of my one of my favourite museums has a very famous uh, example of bad taxidermy, 
um, which is the Horniman Museum, which is near where I live in Forest Hill. Uh, that's in Forest oh, Hill, yeah. I sort of live mm-hmm. in South London. Um, and that has a walrus there, which was stuffed. There you are. There it is. Before they knew that sort of walruses were meant to be about half the size and covered in wrinkles. Um, <laughs> so what they did is they just stuffed it full. So, you've, yeah. so it's this big sort of um, bloated walrus that they've got right in the centre there. And it's sort of, in, in its own way, that it's is its own sort of though. terrible. Surely they could just say it's abstract. Yeah, well, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm sort of surrounded by people, um, those because I live near Crystal Palace as well. And Crystal yeah. Palace has the, it's not taxidermy, but the, um, the dinosaurs. Mm. And oh, yeah, obviously they're kind of, the, they're famously so inaccurate because they were made in like the Victorian times when they didn't really know how the bones went together. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Do you ever draw from life or do you always uh, work from images? I, I'd love to do more um, from life, but part of me just feels guilty that people are sitting still for that long. When, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to ask of people. Um, yeah. I do uh, what I try and do is if I am you know drawing from images I try and get quite a few because sometimes you can get an image of someone and actually it doesn't you know it can just be from a weird angle or it can be a weird bit of lighting um, yeah. and suddenly it doesn't look like them it looks like someone else so it's always good to have a variety of different reference photos and things like that to, if you want to yeah. sort of properly get someone um, yeah because I think once again, being kind of a Doctor Who fan, I, I remember when they used to do the VHS covers of Doctor Who and they mm-hmm. used to sort of do these amazing illustrations. But often the illustrators hadn't actually seen any of the episodes and had only been given like two reference photos. Um, and so they'd sort of do this version of what they thought the characters looked like or what the actors looked like. And it would be baffling. So, so it's kind of avoiding that, yeah. I guess, which is the, uh, the only thing. Definitely. And do you ever create images just purely from your imagination or do you always draw real people, um, real characters? I'd love to be better at doing stuff imagining. I'd love to just sort of be able to start a drawing and not know where it's going. Um, yeah. But at the minute, I feel a bit sort of tied, I guess, to um, to images and stuff. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you try and do you try and sort of... I'm quite bad at doing painting from my imagination I do want to get Mm. better at it I generally Mm. work from images or if I don't I have to start really abstract and just I'll just paint and use like different brush strokes and see sometimes I can see like from just painting an image will not appear but like it will start to look like something like I recently was just playing around with some paint and then it started looking a bit like a whale so I (laughs) sort of added a silhouette of a whale to it but often 
yeah, I'll, I'll tend to work from images first rather yeah. than. But yeah, as same similar to you, I'd, I want to get better at just working, you know, from mm. my head and getting, you know, trying to be a bit looser. But yeah, I'd love that. Just and you know that a bit more. You know, I'm not I'm not a great doodler. I'd love to be able to sort of sit there and and yeah, just sort of work away at something. Yeah. So I'm doing her little flicks now. She's got like a feathered hair. Oh, is that yours? That's oh, that's my... amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's the whale. So yeah, I started by, I basically actually just um, spilt a load of yellow yeah. paint on the palette. And I never really use yellow, but I painted the whole canvas yellow. Just I had to get rid of the paint. <laughs> and, then, and then when it dried, I hated the colour so much. I just rolled loads of blue yeah. over it. And it started sort of. That's so cool. Looking like an underwater yeah. scene. <laughs> and you can still, so like, that's really um, nice because it gives it a luminescence because you can see the yellow coming through there, which almost sort of indicates like yeah. a sort of sunlight or something breaking through sort of, a you know, the depth. Um, that's really yeah, nice. That's yeah, sometimes it can work, yeah. but, um, you know, sometimes it's <laughs> That's art. Yeah. That's yeah. the joy of what we do. Um, what so have people used? What's the sort of strangest medium people have used on this? Because because we're sort of being quite you know pencils and, and inks are quite sort of traditional. Has anyone sort of done any plasticine or any? Um... Yeah, actually, in the first episode, one of the first ones we ever did, I was with Katie Wicks, and she chose for us to use modelling clay. And oh, um, nice! That was fun. Yeah, we did a sort of sculpture, and then recently, yeah. the most strange medium, I would say. Hmm. was with an actor called Eleanor Matsura and we we did our own candle magic what I don't know if you know what that is no I still I'm not sure that I know what it is <laughs> <laughs> it's something that she does it's candle dressing where it's all very spiritual and you sort of express yourself using the candle and you you oh, know wow. put your wishes down and your aims and your ambitions and then you make the candle look all pretty and that's cool uh, Probably the least traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like thing. stuff like that that is, um, I'm guessing that, you know, part of the, the candle thing is that also it's it's not permanent, that you you sort of make something beautiful like a candle, but the whole yeah. point of a candle is to be used burned, and to be burned. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it, it I suppose it has like a, a quality a bit meditative as well, like when you do a, um, what are those gardens called where they kind of rake the gardens and then sort of destroy oh, the pattern yeah. that's been made? It's kind of art that you make and then just go yeah but it's it's gone now because everything yeah. um i always find that quite liberating yeah well it's similar with comedy isn't it well with live mm. comedy anyway it's it's there until you stop performing it and then it's just in the audience's memory yes um, i for one have been slightly reticent to ever record any of my shows just oh, because really? that's interesting yeah, I don't know. I just think that, like you say, they kind of exist for an audience at a time. Mm. Um, and unless you can, um, I don't know, I, I think it can, you slightly need to change them if you want. Personally, that's that's my opinion. Um, yeah. To sort of change them to, to do that. Like, you know, there's been some really good ones. You know, James mm. Acaster's shows um, were recorded very well and they were a really good testament to what those shows were. Mm. Um, but... Um, you know, I think you've just got to make sure that what you're do, what you're getting down is how you know how you want it to be represented and everything. It'd be quite tricky. Have you ever recorded a show? We did film um, our twins show for Next Up. You know, the online. Oh yeah, um, yeah, fantastic. Comedy platform. So we did have to, you know, change 
Well, we we kept the sort of narrative of the show. That was a sketch show, but we yeah made it probably better visually for the audience at home and did different things. Like we had a GoPro. Oh, nice. Stuart did this. This was Turtle Canyon producing it. But uh-huh. also, so there was like more interesting um, camera angles and stuff. So it wasn't just like, you know, a recording yes. of a live show, which I think, um, as you say, can be not as interesting. Yeah. Like I wonder if people, I, I was lucky enough because I'm a part of the liberal media elite see um, Hamilton <laughs> live. But mm-hmm. I wonder if people who saw Hamilton uh, just when it came out on, say, Disney Plus, whether they mm. would think it was as good, because obviously that is a, a huge amount. It's just the energy and the, um, you know, that the, the performers giving that obviously mm-hmm. sometimes is lost when it's it's not live. So I wonder if people who like heard, oh, I've heard this Hamilton thing's good. I'll watch it on Disney Plus, and then saw it and were like, yeah, yeah it's all right. Um, I haven't seen it tell. yet. Actually, I think I would definitely want to see it live if I if I could or if yes. I had the chance. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Obviously, with these these times, it's like mm. the only way you can see live performances usually via like a a recording or something, which is a real shame. But yeah, yeah. and doesn't really appeal to me at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've just really messed up her lips. I had them, but I'm now like overdrawing it. Do you ever do that? Can you just... Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. It's yeah. Usually, I find I'm just better off trying to trying to stick with the original drawing I did because then you get in your own yeah. head and you start sort of. So this doesn't, the, my drawing, I think, is like an, a, a quite a good drawing, but maybe doesn't look exactly like her. Mm. Um, but I've just tried to go for like something just so I don't shame myself on your, your art, um, your art <laughs> podcast by not oh, creating God. something at all. You know, I could easily spend an hour and then just have nothing and have rubbed it all out. I would have quite a lot of respect for you. for The, <laughs> the first like, person to produce nothing. Yeah. <laughs> In a sense, isn't that the most artistic thing of all? Yeah, exactly. It's a statement um, about the yeah. nature of the art world during <laughs> the pandemic. Definitely. Um, yeah, but it's it's been, I, I've certainly kind of been very grateful sort of to have some time to do, you know, to spend on these doing drawings and stuff. It is a, it is a real luxury and I'm very aware that it's, it's yeah. a luxurious thing. Even, you know, from friends of mine who have kids and stuff who just never get the opportunity mm-hmm. to them do this themselves so I feel very yeah, very lucky definitely um have you had any sort of commissions for your for your work do you ever sell any of your no. drawings or... um I I I, well, I did a few where I think well um I put a few on what is the is it uh I can't remember the name of the website but they sort of do prints and stuff and mm-hmm. all of the stuff in there I sort of I gave to any any profit any of the tiny profits I made from that I gave to charity because yeah. I sort of um like this isn't how I earn money so mm-hmm. any you know I sort of sometimes feel a bit guilty about you know charging anyone but with that it was a way of just making some drawings available yeah um where I wasn't out of pocket and people hopefully were getting a good deal um yeah. so that was nice but um but yeah I, I've never actually um like been commissioned have you have you done any sort of paintings and stuff to order um yeah I have I've done a few um it's a different discipline though when you're doing commissions because you obviously have to follow a brief and sometimes it's very easy if people give you a very clear Mm -hmm. or if they know your work very well they'll sort of give you more freedom which can be nice but yeah it's definitely a different um a different process to just you know pouring yellow paint and thinking it's a whale yeah and like yeah it's a whale isn't that Um... what you wanted (laughs) 
it's a bit, you know, it's slightly similar with like some of the writing I do where, um, mm. you know, half the time I am being hired because people like the way that I write and yeah. they want that. And then sometimes they are like, we we have this talent who we think that you would um, you would work well with, you know, on screen talent. Could you yeah. sort of um, re- slightly recreate their voice? So it's sort of two different jobs uh, a lot when I'm sort of writing it. It's trying to hone my own voice, but then also um, trying to tap into other people's as well. Yeah, um, it's a difficult discipline, especially with comedy, because I think you're taught initially to, you know, write what you know, write what you think is funny. And yes, then if yeah. you're employed and it's not necessarily someone who you would share a sense of humour with, but you're writing for them, yeah, it can become a totally different it's exactly. just a different writing exercise, isn't it? Yeah. And like, you know, you what you don't want to do is sort of early on realise that, oh, my God, we do not share, a you know, me and this person do not share a worldview or we do not share a sense of humour. Um, mm. Whereas like I've been fortunate enough, you know, I've I've done a lot of work with Nish and obviously we um, we're sort of very, we are very similar. We actually met, you know, when we were about 17 because we were both debaters. So oh, really. You know, um, so we sort of known each other for a long time, and you know, while I am writing in his voice, his and his the way that he and I think and sort of process stuff isn't is different enough that I'm useful, but also mm-hmm. not different enough that I'm sort of coming at things from a completely, you know, wrong yeah. point of view or whatever. But also, um, you were in a double act together, so you must of know, of course, yeah, the intricacies of how each other thinks <laughs> and writes. How we all and... work. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that's been yeah. kind of. Um, yeah, it's helpful to do that. If only all the people I wrote with, I could have like a decade of experience knowing them uh, and before I had to write yeah. jokes for them. That would be uh, yeah. extremely handy. Um, are you drawing her, her sort of... Um, oh, I've really fucked her, her collar. up, actually. Oh, I have no. done her collar, yeah, because I wanted nice. to give her, you know, some context. Otherwise, she was just a bit of a floating head. <laughs> Fair enough. So I've given her some shoulders and a collar. Lovely. But I haven't done much of the back. You've been doing the background, haven't you? Have you got? Um, I haven't yet. I will do. I'm gonna. I'll ink that in later. At the minute, I've just been. Um, I've just been sort of uh, inking in her the sort of pencil drawing at the minute. Lovely. And is what you do art? Um, no. Um, I've always suspected that my style and my stuff is a bit too literal. Like I'm drawing a picture of Jane Lynch, and what mm. that means is it's. Jane Lynch like it's um I think that to a certain degree and I'm trying to get better with my writing about this as well it's like Mm. um I don't I'm guessing a lot of my drawings aren't subtextual um right whereas like some people you know they'll draw something and then then they'll tell you what it actually means and it'll give it Mm -hmm. a whole new dimension whereas I think a lot of what I end up doing is um yeah it's just is is very plainly representative so I don't think it's um so do you think art can't be purely representative? Uh, oh, good point. Um, I suppose it can. Um, and maybe it's very, it's, um, it's quite, uh, you know, exclusive to say that it can't. I'd say that specifically what I do um, mm-hmm. doesn't count. But no, I, I, you're right, actually. I think you can, um, yeah, you can have stuff that's purely, and it can be extremely artful. Um, yeah. Like, I suppose, uh, talk about Goya again, like when he was, um, illust- you know, he was doing sort of pencil drawings in, was it the Spanish Civil War? Oh, God. I think get my... so, yeah. Yeah, like that is, um, at the same time, just plainly sort of observing from life and drawing, but in a very literal way. But yeah. you wouldn't deny that that is, um, 
you know, has has artistic, um, you know, has merit as pure art as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Good answer. Oil or watercolour? Uh, watercolour. Romanticism or contemporary? Ooh, I like a bit of romanticism, please. Portrait or landscape? Uh, uh, I'm going to go for portrait. Rembrandt or Banksy? Hmm, I like Rembrandt. Men or not all men? <laughs> not all men. Vaudeville theatre or sketch comedy? Ooh, sketch comedy. Can you separate the art from the artist? Um... Oh, that's a big one. That's not a yes or no. That's a, uh, can you separate the art from the artist? Uh, yes. It is a big question for a quick fire round. <laughs> it is. I, I am literally saying, can you separate the art from the artist? And I thought, well, less than a year ago, I went to, I was in LA and I, I went to um, Harry Potter world. So I sort of, that was, that was me separating the art from the artist slightly. Tortured artist or rational Edwardian ghost? Yeah, <laughs> rational Edwardian ghost. Talk about or think about art? Um, ooh, talk about. Looking at the painting close up or far away? First, first close up and then far away. Nice. Mm. London or Durham? London. Feel guilty, but it has to be, right? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> private view or view of privates? Uh, uh, ooh, uh, view of <laughs> privates. It's less, less exclusive. Private really? view sounds very, um, very... Uh, Snobby. Yeah, snobby, exactly. Painting from life, landscape or still life? Um, life. Art or tech? Art. Art or books? Ooh, art. Art or food? Food, has to be. Yeah, dicks or pussies? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, interesting. I feel like if George O'Keefe um, has, really, has really sort of... Um, you know, done great stuff for the artistic depiction of a pussy. Whereas maybe the dick isn't as, is that, was that the question? Is it just, what do I prefer in terms of art? I love just that as a quote. (laughs) Wonderful things for the depiction of the pussy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I always feel like the, um, the phallus is sort of represented a lot in sort of, um, like what a lot of warriors you know and things like that like, uh, yeah. statues of kind of warriors will have massive phalluses and it's all to do with kind of aggression whereas wouldn't it be lovely to see an artist sort of do these really tender um sort of sympathetic illustrations of of penises there yeah although they did that. used to i think roman sculptures did used to do um very small penises because that was a sign of a sign oh, of wealth yeah. or something yes yeah so that's like so like david's famously uh, michelangelo's david has like yeah. It, and big balls. They really liked. Um, uh, I've just they... Googled Roman sculpture penis. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, ancient Romans. Oh, sorry. Ancient Romans went towards large, but the Greeks had small penises. Oh, there you go. As in depicted small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, because powerful men, they thought, had small, flaccid. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I wonder if that'll like you know. Obviously, it, it, we are going a minute from. It was very popular at one point, you know, to be super skinny. Like it felt like the nineties mm-hmm. and like Kate Moss. It was all very. And now, obviously, Kim Kardashian. The you know, we're seeing that these the preferences of of body shapes and sort of body attributes change. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I wonder what we'll be looking at in like fifty years time. 
Here we go. Should we show each other's sort of yeah. now? Great. Oh, I love it. That's that very great. cool. I really like yours. I love how you managed to just like do the outline, but it's still so detailed and <laughs> the expression is so perfect. Like oh, the, the eyebrows and the heavy eyelids are amazing. <laughs> it's oh, so it's, good. Yours it looks so good. Or yes. Yeah, so, um, so it's painted ink on there. What I'm doing is because Zoom um, reverses the image, I'm looking at oh, it going, yeah. oh, it doesn't, it looks quite weird. But then, of course, it's sort of, I guess it's the reversed image that I'm looking yeah. at. So I need to. It's um, great. I'm going to give you a 10 out of 10 for colour oh, and technique. It's brilliant. And I'm really excited. So you're going to ink it. You're going to colour it in, aren't you? Yes, I'll colour that in and give her a little thing. Um, I love yours as well. I think it's that. kind of see a bit closer. It's really yeah. good. I love the. Um, so if you with your like shading and stuff, is it just mm. um, like very like cross hatching that you're doing? Yeah, some cross hatching and some rubbing out when I fucked it up. Yeah. Drawing, <laughs> drawing on top of it. I think that's the technical word. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, um, I don't. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't want to give something. I don't want to reduce it to a numerical rating. I'll just give it a. Um, <laughs> I am going to create a beautiful piece of art. Oh, I think that looks so good. What a fun thing to draw. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm going to write my text on top of it. Fair enough. Thanks so much, Tom. It's Thank you. This was you. a wonderful way of spending, um, uh, spending an afternoon. Thank yeah. you so much. What a lovely episode. What a lovely podcast, if I may say so myself. Um, remember to check out Tom's podcast, Tom Neenan is Not All Men. He's on Twitter at T Neenan and on Instagram at T P Neenan. Snuck a little P in there for Instagram. I am, um, what am I? <laughs> no, that's too big a question for the outro. I'm on Twitter at Annie McTweet. I'm on Instagram at McGrath.Annie and at McGrath.Art for my art. I've got a website where I'm selling original paintings, prints and Christmas cards amagra.art if you want to buy something for a loved one or a hated one. If you want to research uh, anything or anyone we've spoken about, off the top of my head we spoke about Chris Riddell, we spoke about Goya, <laughs> heard of him? I think he's on Twitter. We spoke about Kersler Arts who do brilliant work encouraging prisoners, secure patients and detainees to participate in the art. So follow them and their brilliant work. And until next time, have a lovely week, look after yourselves and thank you so much for listening. Remember to check out mine and Tom's artworks on at Secret Art Pod on social media. Oh, I sounded like I'd signed off and then I added another little bit. Anyway, review, rate, subscribe. Goodbye. No, you hang up. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round music by Steve Dunn. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.